Well, I hope that you've had a chance to uh, uh, go on the uh, Bible reading player, uh, plan that we have uh, put out, those little booklets that have the Bible reading plan for the week, because over the next couple of weeks, that is going to be um, extremely important for you to keep up uh, with those Bible readings, uh, whether you're at First Norfolk on Kinsville or First Norfolk on Volvo. Uh, we are together here on a Sunday morning worshiping corporately, and it gives us an opportunity to be caught up and be ready uh, for what uh, we're going to be looking at on that particular uh, Sunday morning. So uh, if uh, you need help getting that Bible reading plan, uh, you can, uh, uh, there are uh, books out there, I'm sure in the lobby, or you can uh, call our office and we can get a Bible reading plan for you. This is going to take us almost to Thanksgiving as we journey through the stories of the Old Testament, looking at the promise that God has made. Children's camp was great, and uh, all of you at children's camp, did y'all have a great time? Okay, well, I had a great time, uh, but as we were at children's camp, I, I watched something that took place that was uh, a, a very familiar to me, uh, whether I was uh, the child or, or whether I was a, a parent uh, or uh, just as a, a, a camp pastor, I, I watched children who were trying to dive into the water for the first time. They had never done it before. Now, at, at, at our camp, we, it's on a lake, and, and the, the pier goes out into the lake, and, and on, uh, about the distance between uh, the, the stage uh, and the floor is about the distance between the deck of the, of the pier and the water. And, and the, the, the chil children would, who had never dove in or never jumped in or anything like that, they stood on the edge and, and they were standing like this and they were trying to drum up the courage to dive in, to jump in. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Have you seen this before? Have you experienced this before? All right. So here's the child. They're, they're leaning in, Right. They're leaning in, and they hold this position for 30 minutes. All the while, down in the water is an adult, a mama, a daddy, a counselor, crying up to the child, hey, come on, jump in. It'll be okay. Trust me. No movement. Trust me, really, I'm right here. And, and the adult will raise up their hands as far as they can go so that the, the distance between the child and the water is just like inches instead of feet. But still, it's hard, it's challenging to trust until finally something sparks inside them. And they unwind and they soar into the unknown. They land in the water, splash in the water, and everything is fine. They've had a great experience. I love that picture because it reminds me of our journey as followers of Jesus every day. Every day is a journey of faith. And every day, from the moment we became followers of Christ, from that moment where we took that initial jump into faith, from that moment and every day since, as followers of Jesus, this has been our posture. We wake up in the morning and we're ready for the day. Will we jump? Will we move forward in faith and cling to the promises that God has made? 
as we look at the life of Abraham, and that's what we're looking at today, as we look at the life of Abraham, beginning in Genesis chapter 12, we're looking at his journey of faith, and we're looking at our journey of faith. Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, I, I want us to kind of lean into this passage because this is a keynote passage, not just for the, uh, for the life of Abraham. It's a keynote passage, not just for the book of Genesis. It's a keynote passage, not just for the Old Testament. This is a keynote passage for the entire record of God's Word. This is key. This is an important, important, essential part of God's story bringing His promise to us in this place. All right, so let's read it and then let's break it down a little bit. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Look at verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. He jumped. God said, here's what I want you to do, Abram. Here's the promise and here's my purpose. Now, he, he really didn't spell out the purpose. We get to know the purpose later on in Scripture. But, but he says, here's the promise. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to make your name great. Through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And that gives us the hint of the purpose behind the promise God gives. The purpose is that you and I would be rescued from our sin. The purpose is that God would reverse the curse that we saw take shape in Genesis chapter 3, that God would reverse the curse that we saw wreak havoc upon the world in Genesis 6 through 9. God's purpose is to make it all brand new, to reverse the curse that sin had created, not just in the economy of the universe and eternity, but in your life and mine, to reverse the curse of sin in your life. And in mind, see, the purpose is Jesus, and he's also the promise. He is both purpose and promise in this passage. It, and, and if you want to, and we're not going to spend a lot of time going back to the New Testament, but I do want you to hit this. Uh, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 5 through 9, it says, Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Uh, Galatians 3, 6 is a direct quotation from Genesis 15, 6. Okay? And just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles, and most of us in this room are Gentiles, that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, he preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, in you all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. So the point here is this, the, the promise... 
Make a great nation. Through him all the nations of the earth will be blessed. The promise is realized in the person of Jesus. And that purpose that God has is to bring Jesus into our world so that you and I, we, might be saved through faith in him. So that we might be engrafted into the family of God. And if you are a follower of Jesus, make no mistake, you are a son and a daughter of Abraham. You are a son and a daughter of God. That's who we are. And we started that journey of faith when when we were standing on the edge of God's purpose for our life. Standing on the edge of God's purpose to rescue us from our sin, to break the shackles and the chain and the shame of our sin that had bound us in death. And we were empty inside and incomplete. We had life, but it was full of missing parts. And then... We hear the good news that Jesus came to die for sinners like you and me. That he gave his life uh, on a cross as payment for my sin's debt. And when I believe on Jesus, it is accounted to me for righteousness, just as it was for Abraham. When I believe on Jesus and I repent my sin, then I come into a relationship, a friendship with God. I'm engrafted into the family of faith. It takes faith to find God's grace. It takes faith to take hold of his purpose. It takes faith to be saved, to be rescued. I've got to jump. And when I dive in to the embrace of God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ, I am rescued. And that is the beginning of my journey of faith, not the end, not the completion. That's just the beginning. And if you're a follower of Jesus and you've begun that journey of faith, you are on that journey now. So let's learn lessons. What is God's desire on this journey of faith? God leads us on this journey of faith so that we might fulfill his purpose and so that we might receive his his promise. So we might fulfill his purpose. What is his purpose? His purpose is for you to live in intimacy with God, to know him more and more each day, to glorify him with all that you are. His purpose is for you and me as uh, members of his family to live faithfully and courageously for him. His purpose is for us to get to know God and, and, and to know him more intimately and personally. His purpose is to be glorified through us. The way we live and relate to one another, the way we behave. His purpose is for us to reflect him to a watching world. His purpose. He he wants us to fulfill his purpose. Same purpose that Jesus had that Jesus described in John 17. You remember Jesus? Does everybody remember Jesus? Okay, you're, I know we're going to be in the Old Testament. I've got to bring Jesus. You know, Jesus is throughout, and, and, and he's the promise, but I, sometimes I need to remind us we're still talking about Jesus. We're not just Old Testament. We're still talking about Jesus. But you remember Jesus. Everybody remember Jesus? Okay. In John chapter 17, at the end of his earthly ministry, Jesus is about to be crucified, killed on a cross. And yet it's okay. As he lifts his eyes to heaven and he looks to the Father in prayer, he says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son 
that your son might glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given to him and this is eternal life that they might know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent sent I have finished the work you've given me to do I've glorified you on the earth what was his purpose to glorify the father how by giving eternal life to sinners that's his purpose guess what if you're a follower of Jesus, that's your purpose as well. That's my purpose as well. Glorify, glorify the Father in all that we do say. And glorify him by helping those who are far from God find life in Christ. It goes hand in hand. And, and this is God's purpose. So when we uh, move in the flow of his purpose, then we take hold of his promise. What's his promise? His promise is that he will be for us. And to Abraham, he said, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to make the journey with you. I'm, I, I'm committed to you, and, and, and I'm going to make you great. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going I'm to bless others through you. This is my promise. You're going to have a son. And, and through your uh, son and, and that lineage, that you're going to have a family that is as innumerable as the sand in the sea. That's the promise. So Abraham heard God's purpose and his promise, and he embarked by faith toward fearless action. It, it, it's faith that ignites and forms and, and shapes and creates fearless action in us. As followers of Christ, just as it did, just as Abraham, it, it's faith. You know what it causes me when I was a little kid and I was learning to dive? And I, I mean, I would put my hands like this. You, know, you remember when you were taught to dive? Um, I, I'd put my hands like this. And I would put it on my forehead because that's what my daddy told me to do. I'd put it on my forehead and I'd bend my knees and I'd lean over like this. And I would stay there. And I was sweating bullets the whole time. You know what it's like, you remember? Do you remember? But then there came that moment, that beyond recovery moment, that moment where uh, it, 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 there, there's no going back. There came that moment where I just leaned over and I went headlong into the water. And my dad was there, my, 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 not my brother, he would have drowned me, but my dad was there. And he picked me up and he wiped the the water out of my eyes, and, and he said, wasn't that great? That's awesome. And everything was all right. But can I tell you, for that child sitting on the edge of that dock or that pier or that diving board, when they let go beyond the point of no return, that is fearless action. I know for us, we, we dived into swimming pools or lakes or whatever a thousand times. We don't think it's any big deal. You remember the first time you did it? When you finally did it, fearless action. That's what faith does. And the reason I had the courage to dive in was because I knew my daddy would not lie to me. I could trust him. God told Abram, I want you to leave everything and go to a place that you don't know about, and I'm not telling you about yet, but I want you to go to that place, and I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to multiply you beyond the stars in the sky, but beyond the dust of the earth. I'm going, to, I'm going to multiply you greatly. And by you, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. And Abram 
left behind everything he knew as security. He left it all behind in order to go to the place that God had not shown him yet. I want you to, I want you to get that, okay? So, so he left behind his father, his family, his, his inheritance, his land, which was his posterity. He left it all behind because God spoke to him and said, I want you to go. God did not give him a five-year plan. God did not give him an address to plug into Google Maps so he would know the directions to go. God didn't even give him the directions for the next day. God was leading him step by step, day by day. This is fearless action when we leave behind security in order to pursue God's purpose. Because we're embracing God's promise. And do you realize this is exactly what God wants you to do every day? I mean, every single day as followers of Jesus, here's the adventure in life. It's not jumping out of an airplane. That's dumb. No, that's courageous. That's courageous. For you, those of you who do that professionally, God help us all. All right. So, it's not climbing a, a, a mountain. That, that's, that's nice, but that's not, that's, that's, not, that's not the adventure. The adventure is waking up in the morning knowing that God is saying, Jump! And we jump. And in the abandonment of empty air, we feel and know and see God lead us to the place he wants us to be. That is the adventure. Fearless action. That's what, that's what we learn today is that, that on this journey of faith, every morning that we wake up, is an adventure to jump into the promises of God, to cling to those promises. God has promised never to leave us nor forsake us, that we can bring our burdens to him, he'll handle them, that he's got our future in the palm of his hands, that by his sovereignty, he is going to use us for his glory, and that's going to be good for us. He has promised us that in Christ Jesus, we are secure, we are safe. So let's cling to the promise and pursue his purpose. Chase it down. Don't let it go. As we look at this passage, we see that Abraham teaches us again, a reminder again, to pursue with great passion this, this purpose and cling to God's promise. In, in Genesis 15, verse uh, 1 and 2, uh, it's a reminder after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid. See, isn't that really one of the challenges? As we're standing there and you hear the voice of the Father crying out, jump, jump, it's going to be okay. Jump, come on, jump, I've got you. Don't worry about it. Really what our problem is, is, is that we are afraid. We're afraid, not really of the water, but of the unknown. Not having our feet on terra firma. Of not being in control. We like the illusion that we can tame the wind and rope the whirlwind. But it's just an illusion. In Genesis 15, 1 and 2, God says to Abraham, verse 2, Don't be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. You know what that means? God says, all right, I'm committed to you. Here's my promise. I'm your protection. 
I'm your protection. Not your IRA, not your Social Security, not your, not your income, not your, not, not your house, not your uh, property, not your um, relationship. That's not, that's not your protection. God says, I am your shield. Guys, listen. The only way we can have fearless faith is when we trust that God is our supreme protector. Even when we don't understand some of the things, we're going to talk about that in a second, but, but, but he is our supreme protector. He says, I am your shield, and then he adds this phrase, get this, and I am your exceedingly great reward. See, our reward is not our retirement account. Our reward is not the gold watch at the end of a career. Our reward is not the plaque that they put on the wall when we achieve great things. Our reward is not the trophies and the medals and the, and the accolades that we may receive. Our reward is God himself. We live in fellowship with the king of creation because of Jesus Christ, the seed that has come from Abraham. And because Abraham jumped, now we can jump every single day and taste this exceedingly great reward in our lives every day. Come on. That's shouting news. By the way, that is an old time phrase that I was raised with that maybe you don't know about. When I say it's shouting news, that means that that is get up and go. That's a hallelujah course. That's a that's a, that's a, I'm going to dance a jig, and if you're from my part of the country where I was born, uh, that's getting up on a stump and hollering a little bit. But anyway, and, uh, anyway, so that, that's, that, that's, that, that's what we need to see. When we trust God and we cling to his promises and we see his purpose, then we can move forward in fearless action. But there's the flip side to it. You see, distrusting God can lead to difficulty. And, and, and we all know this tension, don't we? I mean, don't we all know this tension between trust and distrust, belief and doubt? We all know the tension as followers of Jesus. We, 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 we struggle with it. Every child that stands on the edge of the, uh, of the dive understands it. Between belief and disbelief, trust and distrust, so we're frozen in fear. It usually, and this is probably not a newsflash, but our circumstances, when they get bad, our distrust in God rises. Do you realize that? I, just look at your own life. When things get stressful, anxious, um, when, the, when the hurricane comes and the power goes out, that's when our distrust of God begins to rise. It, 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 it's not a newsflash. You know that to be true in your own life. And we see it in Abram's life, Genesis 12. Right after he goes out from the land of Ur to the place that God would show him, he goes to Egypt, and, and uh, because things get stressful, there's famine in the land, he needs food. He goes to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh's a powerful king. He's uh, just a, a farmer-type guy, and and, and his wife Sarah is beautiful, and so he gets fearful. Instead of trusting God, he distrusts God, and he lies. And he says, Pharaoh, this is my sister. She's not my wife. Sarah's my sister. She's not my wife. And it causes great difficulty. 
You flip over to Genesis chapter 20, we see him repeat the same mistake. The, the, the exact same lie. The stress rises. Now this is decades of trusting in God. This is decades of Abraham jumping. But still the old fears rise up. And creates this difficulty when he distrusts God. In Genesis 20, it's not Pharaoh, it's a king named Abimelech. And Abimelech uh, sees Abram and, and, and Sarah, and, and Sarah's beautiful. And so Abraham says, tell Abimelech, you're my sister. And, and, uh, and again, it causes great difficulty. Uh, really, the biggest distrust that we see is uh, over the distance of time. By the way, have you... Seeing how your distrust can increase when the distance of time between God's word and God's promise fulfilled. Uh, you know, that distance between God says he's going to do it and we haven't seen it yet. The longer that time happens, the more our distrust can fill the blanks. That's what happened to Sarah and Abraham. We understand that. I mean, we're not, we're not standing and, and accusing them of being uh, pagans. I just want you to know they're people just like we are. They're, they're not perfect and they're not... They don't have it all together. Sarah and Abraham, they, they doubt that God's going to give them an heir. Again, uh, Genesis 15, verse 3, uh, God just said, I am your exceedingly great reward. I'm your protection. And, 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 and uh, Abraham says, but God, I don't have an heir, so I'm going to have to give all my possessions to Eleazar. He forgot again that God had made a promise. He was, he was letting go the promise and taking hold of his fears. Get this. When we distrust God, we let go the promise, faith in God, and we take hold the fear. Oh, God, give us the faith we need to let go the fear and take hold your promise. Abraham and Sarah, 15, we're scared, we're not going to have an heir. And then it goes on, and, and uh, chapter 16, verse 1 and 2 uh, now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, see now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abraham uh, heeded the voice of Sarah. Uh, Abraham and Sarah were listening to the wrong voices. Just like Adam and Eve heeded the voice of the serpent and decided to take the fruit uh, that God told them not to eat from. And they set all humanity for all time on a crash course, a cycle of despair and distress and destruction because of their sin. Yeah, distrusting God is disastrous. In the same way, Abraham and Sarah, they were distrusting God. They, they didn't understand. Now, God, your timing is way off, so we're going to have to take control. So they, they settled for a surrogate promise. And that's what Hagar was. She was a surrogate. She was, she was the surrogate promise. Said, so, oh, well, you know, since we haven't had a child yet, we're going to take care of this, and, and, and we're going to have a surrogate child, and that'll be the surrogate seed of promise. But God says, no, it doesn't work like that. Isn't that how we do it sometimes when we distrust God? We start settling for surrogate promises. Not the real thing, but just a little taste of the counterfeit will do. It leaves us empty and leaves us a little sick. We're... We're still stuck on the deck. We, instead, of, instead of having the joy that God's promise uh, delivers, we, we, we settle for a surrogate joy, a little happy here and there. 
Nothing wrong with happy, just it's not joy. Instead of having peace that passes all understanding, peace that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, because it doesn't come quick enough, we settle for a little surrogate peace, which is uh, absence of conflict. And all the while, we'll compromise what God wants us to do, we'll compromise his purpose for our life. We'll just, we'll just compromise all that because we need a little bit of surrogate stuff. We need a little counterfeit. And it leads to disaster for us and for others. You realize that the birth of Ishmael versus Isaac has been uh, the, the, uh, the cultural curse in the Middle East since that birth. It leads to disaster. Anytime we start taking into our own hands the things that God has reserved for his hand, we're creating a bunch of junk. Anytime we take for our hand that which God has reserved for his hand to do, we're taking hold and creating a bunch of junk. We've done it in our relationships. I've done it in my life. Really what it comes down to is this. If we want to navigate through those difficult uh, times where the circumstances of life feel like a noose around our neck, we want to navigate through that toward God's promise and purpose rather than settling for a surrogate that won't satisfy, then we need to, again, ask God to awaken in us the grace we need, the faith we need, to see that that little sand that's grating our soul, the sand of circumstance that seems to be creating all kinds of havoc in our heart, that little sand, even though it's painful and just uncomfortable and, and not, not easy, that little piece of sand that, that has been there for a day or 10 days or a decade or two decades or 10, that little sand that, that we wish would go away, but, but God has not removed it yet, that little sand is creating in us a pearl of great price. It takes spiritual eyes of faith to see that. Now that's what God is awakening in Abraham and Sarah. You see, in the midst of our doubt, God graciously gives us what we need to see. The faith. To believe that he is still working. And that's what I want you to pray for today. As we close this message, I want you to pray for God to give you the grace that you need in the midst of your doubt. Hey, look. Everybody look this way. Just look this way. We all doubt. We all have seasons of distrust. It's not a reflection on flaws in our character. It's just a reflection of our own humanity. The imperfections that plague us. Yes. Yes. We have that tension of doubt. But instead of settling for a surrogate. Instead of settling for a counterfeit. Instead of compromising the character and the holiness of God. Let's embrace the helplessness that we have. And trust in God to reverse it. Embrace, embrace the, the, the miracle that God is promising to come our way. Embrace the promise. Genesis 15, again, God said to Abraham, hey, listen, remember my promise. In Genesis 18, he, he sent 
two messengers from, from heaven along with himself to remind Abraham and Sarah of his promise. In Genesis 21, the promise is born. Isaac, the miracle. I want everybody to look around the room right quick. Everybody just look around right where you are. Look around. Abraham and Sarah were older than every person in this room. And they had a baby boy. Older than every person in this room. Every single one, even older than somebody like Kurt Breland. Older than everyone in this room. And yet, God did the miraculous. And they brought forth a son. They named him Isaac. Now, i got to tell you something about miracles. Miracle is not where God suspends normal life and does something unusual. A miracle is where God shows off the way life is supposed to be. When we see this little boy born, we see God showing out. That his purpose and his promise will be fulfilled. And in that we can rejoice. So today I pray that God would give you the grace that you need. The grace that we all need. In the midst of our doubt to encourage and strengthen us. And to show us that yes God can be trusted. The promise of God gives us purpose for our lives. Even when our journey takes us into difficult places, we find our source of strength and the promise of God applied to our hearts through faith in Jesus Christ. So this morning, I pray that you would cling to that promise, that you would uh, this morning come to the altar and lay down your struggles and your pain and your losses and everything that would keep you from following and pursuing and clinging to God's promise. Today, as you stand on the edge, ready, abandon yourself to the empty air and trust in God, even now. Just jump. Would you bow your heads with me, please? these next few moments, I just invite you to trust in Jesus. Like you did when you came to faith in him. Like you did when you were rescued from your sin's embrace and, and he shattered the chain and the shame of your sin and gave you new life. Like you trusted in him then, will you trust in him again? Regardless the circumstance, regardless of your feelings on the matter, will you by faith trust Jesus, his purpose and his promise Cling to him. I know, that, I know that so many of us in this room who gather each week, I know that we have broken pieces of us. Shattered dreams. Like Abraham and Sarah, we're, we're waiting on the sidelines for God's promise to be fulfilled. And that waiting is killing us. This morning I invite you to come to the altar and lay down the struggles and the pain and the sorrows. The broken pieces, lay them at the feet of Jesus 
and give them to him and allow him to apply his grace to your heart and your soul and your mind to awaken in you again that faith that you need to press forward in fearless faith accomplishing the purpose of God. Here is our greatest delight in life. Not that we get our way, but that we play a part in God having his way. Let's move in the flow of God's purpose. And let's immerse ourselves in his promise. So now, Father, in these next few moments as we respond to you and to your word, I pray that we would take this journey of faith. That we would jump into your arms. Oh, Jesus, may we trust you and find our strength, our courage, our hope, simply in trusting you. For those in the room today who have yet to embrace you as Lord and Savior, I pray that you give them the faith that they need to jump for the very first time and choose you as their Savior and Lord, to repent their sin and come to faith in you. God, I pray that you would do that work of grace by your Spirit toward your Son today. And for the rest of us, let us just trust Jesus. In whose name we pray.